0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم لا سهل الا ما الحزن اذا شئت اللهم على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم الله وبركاته All right folks uh, right so um We are. I'm actually not sure where we stopped. I have a feeling that we stopped um, in the middle of page two one two of the commentary. That I didn't do the part on authority. Yeah, sure. I need it in the middle. Yeah. No, just go a bit that way. No, no. Slow down. That's it. There. That's it. Just leave it there. Um, Can you select the text and turn it into traditional? What I need you to do is to select all Arabic, and then you see there's a um, there's a, uh, a an arrow at the top. Actually, you know what? Shaz, don't worry, I'll deal with this. Yeah. Um, so. <coughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's fine. Um, I just want Mesa to confirm or somebody to confirm whether we. I don't think we did. did did we speak about whether the what happens when the big boss yani imam comes to town the sultan yeah. did do I mention what happens if it is juma no. no okay so I, I, we didn't actually cover this i spoke about just the general sultan but not thinking so we'll speak about that so let's let's cover then the kind of the arabic and then the english that we're going to be covering today so babul al- babul al- imama the chapter of the imam Okay. Um al-awla bil-imamah al-aqra' al-aalim fiqh salatihi thumma al-afqah asan thumma ashraf Thumal al hijratan thumma Atka, atqa thumma man qara. Wa Imamul Masjidi, bayt wa illa min dhi sultan. That's the part we're going to cover today that last part. Yeah, I need. وَسَاكِنُ الْبَيْتِ وَإِمَامُ الْمَسْجِدِ أَحَقُّ إِلَّا مِنْ ذِي سُلْطَانِ That's what we're going to cover today وَحُرٌ وَحَاضِرٌ وَمَقِيمٌ وَبَصِيرٌ وَمَخْتُونٌ وَمَنْ لَهُ ثِيَابٌ أَوْلَى مِنْ ضَدِّهِمْ وَلَا تَسِحْهُ خَلْفَ فَاسِقٍ كَكَافِرٍ وَلَا خَلْفِ امرأةٍ وَلَا خُنْثَ لِلْرِّجَال ولا صبي لبالغ. ولا أخرس ولا عاجز عن o عن رقوع أو سجود أو قعود أو قيام إلا إمام الحي المرجو زوال اللته ويصلون وَرَاءَهُ جلوسا ندبا فَنِبْتَدَأَ بهم قائما ثم عَتَلْ فجلس أتم خلفه قياما وَجُوبًا I don't think we'll get to the end of that, but let's translate all of it. The translation, by the way, is at the bottom. Of the uh, uh, screen in the, uh, on the portal uh, the, most de- the most deserving person to be the Imam is In order Number one, the most versed in the Quran Knowledgeable of the fiqh of his prayer Number two, uh, then the most erudite of them in jurisprudence Number three, then the eldest Number four, then the most noble Number five, then the one who migrated first Number six, then the one with the most taqwa Number seven, then whoever is chosen by lots then we started last week the occupant of a house and i chose occupant on purpose Sakinul al-bayt is referring to the one who's living there maybe we can improve that translation i don't know but the occupant of a house and the imam of a masjid also have the most right meaning that by definition if there's someone who's more qualified than them they don't get in front of them they by themselves have greater right other than in the presence of someone of formal Authority. That's how I've translated it. Okay, illa ish illa min the sultan, illa the sultan. Other than when there's someone there who has sultan, has authority. But the authority here is not meaning just authority; it means leadership. It means uh, because I mean that could itself be a point of arguing, right? That a uh, big imam comes down who is like you know world reciter. And he goes, I have greater authority than you I mean, he's right if it's in the authority of ijazah and qira'ah and whatever So, I see, I see one or two translations And you do uh, you do need to either say leadership Or political Or government or, And all these words are deficient So I just put formal to, to indicate that position Right? Formal authority Like his boss, for example Right? So I know we shouldn't be discussing this here, but just once we're here. Like Sudeis, for example, he's actually the the head of the imams in the two uh, harams. He actually has a formal position, so he is actually the boss of the imams. So he does have the right to come. Now, obviously, they have a schedule and they stick to schedules. But so just to give you that uh, idea, that formal needs to have some kind of governmental, organizational, some kind of uh, uh, something. Yeah. Um, so the occupant of a house and the Imam of a masjid also have the most right other than in the presence of someone of formal authority. Uh, the what? What does that mean? Huh? Phone phone. Phone. What does that mean? You mean you, uh, the, uh, the online is gone. Uh, okay, so we just need to wait for the computer to get back, yeah? And then, uh, wh- so how, how's that going to work? No, as in, how's it going to work on the portal? Will it just take the same URL? Yeah. So, uh, you're on the portal, yeah? Yeah, yeah you, t- you tell them to wait and we'll start again in a, in a minute. Okay, so it actually froze at the, um, whilst we um, were reading just that uh, occupant of the house part. All right, so whilst we wait, who's got some questions on anything else other than the subject? Yeah, yeah, let's not, um, then it's not, yeah, it's not great for the folks that are online. (laughs) Say that again. Yeah yeah no no yeah. I hope England win. Customer I hope England win so much. I mean on on the other hand, obviously then I have to I've got, I've got I've got I've got obviously a supporting problem then on Sunday. But then I can't lose as well, you know what I mean? I'm happy whoever wins. No, 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 no. Hundred percent. We're back, yeah? Hundred percent? Back online? One second Oh yeah, we are back, yeah um, To be honest, I just want England to win so I can post my picture when I was amongst the Indians last time with dogs, yeah? <laughs> 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 That's the only reason <laughs> Remember, you were that guy, the crazy one. That flipping, that the juwa, the rat, yeah I just want him, and just to burn. I just, I just wanted to go viral again, just so that he sees himself, and that's the only reason. I'm not, even, I'm not even gonna lie. Bro, no problem, Yara. Either way it's way win-win, right? Okay. Uh, so yeah, we were just reading the text, actually. That's what we were doing. Um, so, so the occupant of a house and the Imam of a Masjid also have the most right, other than in the presence of someone of formal authority. Then what we're going to focus on today The free man The city dweller The local resident The sighted one The circumcised one And the one with appropriate clothes Even though I've added the word appropriate Actually the translation The the, the text says "thiab," just clothes Right? But you'll see what that means in a minute Are more deserving Than those opposite to them Is that right? Or is it better than their counterparts? Doesn't their counterparts not mean the opposite? Because I think counterpart sometimes means the opposite, and it sometimes means those who are next to you against those who are opposite. Mm. Anyway, someone who has similar but different capacity, so, different capacity. so, so it doesn't mean opposite. No. So the yeah. The the... mm, mm. Okay, then let's keep it as are more deserving than those opposite to them, i.e., the slave, the villager, the whatever. The prayer is invalid. When offered behind number one, an evildoer or a wicked one, such as a disbeliever, number two, a woman, number three, a hermaphrodite for male followers, for male followers only, number four, a child for someone post pubescent, number five, a mute person, mute, meaning unable to speak, and number six, one who cannot bow, prostrate, sit, or stand unless he is the local imam who is expected to recover it is recommended that they pray behind him seated if he starts the prayer while standing but then has to sit down due to a problem during the prayer they must complete the rest of that prayer standing so that's what's going to be our study area today and uh, next week by the way, just as a reminder for next week next week you will not be in Cheadle, All right, Inshallah it's going to be on Thursday all right, and be online Okay, be on on, on, online uh, on Thursday, same time though Same time, okay folks? Right, so that's the text That's everything that's covered So what, what, we, what we we're just discussing is, um, uh, is the, the issue of Sakinul bait wa Imamul Masjid These people have already got a specific authority We covered that at the end of last week's lesson That it doesn't matter Where the greatest of the imams And scholars comes You don't get in front of that guy And when it comes to The person of the house Even if he's a simple guy Or whatever Then you don't get in front of that guy And by the way The scholars discussed You know If it's a I think we mentioned that That the occupant of a house Is what we're talking about Not the owner of the house And in actual fact They preferred that the renter The one who's renting it Right um, Has a greater right To lead the one Who actually owns the house Because He's taken that, he's paying for that authority, right? He has the authority to say, you can come in, not come in, I don't want your people in, blah, blah, blah. And it's just the authority which is giving him that. Likewise, the masjid. Except for someone that has authority of a formal nature. And that's what we're covering uh, today, okay? And so, um, why are they saying, uh, that he needs to uh, t- uh, uh, be in control because they said he has greater authority imam or like the leader or a minister of some sort, okay then they should they should uh, do that, and their evidence for that is the same evidence that we actually use for the person of the house that not, no one they let not one person lead another one in his authority don 't you overstep your mark so they 're saying that now, the big imam is the one and you are all overstepping his mark. So, they're using the same evidence that we uh, said that no one can get in front of the imam and no one can get in front of the occupant of the house to actually say they can't get in front of the major imam. That's the argument. Now, the response to this, alright, um, is that actually the authority of the imam in his masjid, for example, is actually more, sp- a, a more of a specific type. And whereas... The Imam, the, 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 the general ruler, when he comes, he doesn't have that. Okay? He doesn't have that. And, uh, but if he's able to remove him from that position and he has some kind of connection to that masjid, then of course, so if, like, if he is like the minister of whatever, Islamic affairs, or if he is the scholar, the grand mufti, which is an official position, or if he's the leader of the Muslims, then that person will come and he will take that position and. Uh, 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 and that's it. Now, uh, in the books of fiqh, you'll find an interesting one, okay, and we're not covering this yet in its full detail because this is in a chapter of Jum'ah, which we haven't done, okay. Um, there are conditions for Jum'ah, and many scholars said that the one who is a traveler cannot lead the Jum'ah prayer, which is interesting, of course, because like most mosques, they are looking for that traveling that is visiting from london or america or vice versa you know speaker type kind of guy to give a khutbah in good english for you know for purposes for getting the people and actually classically in the schools of thought in the legal schools they don't accept that because they said that from the condition of an imam is that he must be Muslim he must be someone who is resident in that land why because they said that only the person who is a person that is meant to pray Jum'ah can lead the Jum'ah. Whereas a person who is not a resident, is, Jum'ah is not obligatory upon them in the first place. And therefore, they are not, you know, I mean, I don't want to, again, teach that subject before we get there, but just to give you an idea, if you think about it, um, the idea uh, of how to count the minimum number of people that are required to establish the obligation of Jum'a. when you're working out those numbers and if you've got like 40-50 people you do actually have to classify the 40-50 people so that they're not all like 30 women for example so if we say that we need 40 people to establish Jum'a, for a legal minimum 40 people it actually has to be 40 male uh, Baligh, meaning post-pubescent residents that's how they look at it So if, Questions are always like that in exams and things You have 50 people 10 are travellers, 2 women And 1 child Is jumaa obligatory? Answer no That's the kind of classical fiqh question What we should answer though Is who said this in the first place? Where's evidence coming from That the the, the people of the khutbah Or the people that uh, make up a khutbah obligatory Have to have these characteristics Right? So Um so the question is, if the Imam Al-A'adham comes to Jumah in a country in which he is not, not only his country, but he is not even in authority, who should be put forward to lead the prayer and to do the Jumah The Imam, uh, or the leader, Imam Al-A'adham, or Imam Al-Masjid Al-Jami'ah, or the Imam of that main mosque. By the way, of course, Jami'ah Masjid, meaning the main mosque. Small mosques and musallas don't operate on Jumah or not meant to. Another, I mean, uh, uh, when you study the chapter of Jum'ah You'll just realise how miles off we are From any kind of orthodoxy Right? Like in orthodoxy, it is completely unacceptable for us Well, maybe us, no But most massage not to even be open Right? Um, Let alone all the uh, musallas in hospitals and schools and workplaces Which don't even, you know There's some random classroom where they pray once a week Right? And people will say, uh, well, we'll get there in a second. Then, of course, all the people that are there, and then uh, the issue of repeat, repeating of prayers, you know, doing it once and twice, the whole reason that you have a jam at masjid, and not the small ones, is that you're meant to gather all the people together and not give them the option of a second and a third, at half past one, two o'clock, 2.30, so you force people to come together, and they meet, and they congregate, and they take reminder, etc. So there's a very important social kind of control over Jum'ah because of its extended benefits, right? Now, uh, let alone uh, one Imam give khutbah, in fact, give two khutbahs and one leads, and leads one prayer, and then random guy comes. You know, we pull out all kinds of baqwas, right? And of course, uh, uh, in the winter time, we are restricted in terms of the amount of time we've got before Asr starts. So you'll see in many of the cities, they do the first one before Zuhr time. Now, that is actually following a humbly concession because there is a humbly position that allows the Jumu'ah to be offered before the start time of Dhuhr, right? Which is itself is very interesting. So, when you look at the, 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 the Surah, when you look at the expression of Jumu'ah prayer in the West, we've broken literally every rule that's possible. Prayer in places they're not allowed to pray it, prayer in places when it should be closed, repeating it when it shouldn't be, Yeah, etc., etc., etc. All because... Actually I don't, know, I don't know why because I mean I, I can't think it's a bad thing because there is a desperate clinging onto the faith through the Jumu'ah prayer by people who are essentially ritualistic not really so practicing as Muslims but they, because they're so poor at the Islam the rest of the time or all the time Jumu'ah becomes obviously infinitely more important the only thing that reminds them of their faith or whatever and therefore um, you know, I get lots of questions about, you know, praying in mosques and schools and whatever, whatnot. They don't want to hear my answers when I say to them, there is no Jum'ah for you in school. There is no Jum'ah for you at work. There is no Jum'ah in your factory. If you're living half, if you're working half an hour away, whatever, whatnot, you only got Dhuhr. And to legally tell someone that you don't have a Jum'ah, you only have Dhuhr every single Friday, right? It blows their mind. Now, it should blow their mind because the Prophet ﷺ made it how important for a person to attend every week, let alone miss three. So if a person's in a permanent place where they can't do jummah, then the situation becomes I mean, we went so backwards from a fiqh point of view. I mean if you thought that absolutely every black fatwa has been used, now of course each fatwa in its own place is not a black one. When you use it for a reason, but if you are just taking concession after concession after concession after concession, then the mutated thing that you're putting forward is so far from what it could be or should be. So you would have thought you can't possibly get any more, go backwards more until COVID came, and then people start praying Jumah. Madness. Yeah, they were opening their doors and they're saying the Hanafis allow this, and as I saw people yeah, and they're praying in gardens and leaving the, the gate open. Black gate open, of course. They weren't uh, inviting anybody in. But they were putting the gate open saying, no, no, we are, this is public Again because of their connection to Juma'ah. Bro, just praise the that's it Khalas, right? No, I've got to, I can't leave out my Juma, Like they do any kind of Islam, any other, other time of the life, but to do the Juma'ah must be And so it was fascinating in that they were actually, I, I saw posts going out saying This is my address, my front door's open, nobody's going around to his house But he wants to put their attention, like, because the scholars said obviously that uh, for a Juma'ah to get the number of people There's got to be open access to the public Which obviously you can't be like a private closed affair It's a Juma'ah, it's for other people to come It just goes to show, as I said in a good way The people's kind of desperate hanging on to uh, 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 this, 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 this ritual This act of ibadah And obviously the reason that we allow all these things to slide Is because we are a minority in non-Muslim land the question you've got to ask yourself is that how long and how far can that be going? Anyway, we'll come to that in the chapter of Jumu'ah. What does the Sheikh Uthamin say? He goes that we will put forward the... Uh, uh, sorry. He, uh, 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 he goes that the... Uh, uh, what will the say? He said we'll put the Imam of the Jami'ah forward. We'll put the local Imam forward to lead that prayer because from the conditions of the Imamah is that the person who does the jumah must be a resident. And the Imam... Al-A'adham, the leader, he's visiting lands And he's not resident He's not resident, so he doesn't have the right to lead the Jum'ah prayer Um, Sheikh says, obviously we need to look at a couple of issues here The first one, and he's talking about in the future So he's not going to commit now, but I can tell you the answer now anyway He goes that, there isn't actually evidence That clearly states that the Jum'ah is not valid If the Imam is not a resident That's the first thing that he wants. he goes, I just want to say Secondly, he goes, anyway, anyway, it could be argued that wherever he goes, he's the Imam. He's the leader, for crying out loud. He doesn't have to have a specific you know, connection to a neighborhood. He's a general leader, so all of this comes under his, uh, his uh, uh, authority or his whatever. He makes, Sheikh Uthamin makes a really interesting point. Um, some of you might know that uh, when you go to uh, Mina on the day of Hajj, on the day of Arafah, so, when you go, then you've got to be there around Dhuhr time and you pray Dhuhr and Asr. Yeah? And the Dhuhr and Asr is prayed as a traveler. Two and two. Everybody prays it. Even the people of Mecca who live there. Even the people who live in Arafah. Arafah, by the way, is like the area of Naseem in Mecca. It's like one of the, it's like the hail, the, the kind of the Kensington of Mecca. It's a very expensive area, Naseem. Borders onto Arafah. Lots of people live around there, right? And um, so uh, uh, they go and they pray two And they pray two Two dhuhr, two asr together combined And that's because the Prophet ﷺ did that Except the Hanafi school The Hanafis, they pray four and four Very famous fiqh issue They pray four for asr And the reason they do that Despite the Prophet ﷺ clearly doing it And the rest of the companions And the rest of the imams And they all agreed upon that is because Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu authentically did exactly that same thing whilst he was the leader of the Muslims. For and for. Even though he was criticised by other companions. They were like, what are you doing? Right? And he was like, this is what we're doing. And they prayed behind him. No messing around. He's the leader of the Muslims and he's Uthman. And that's the end of the story. It's his ijtihad and we'll pray behind him. Even though nobody was accepting that. Literally nobody from the companions. Now, I'll tell you what's very interesting. What Sheikh Uthamin said. He goes, some of those folks actually made this as an excuse for him. They said, you know, this point that we're talking about. They said, actually, because he was the uh, Amir al Mu'minin, the leader of the believers, all the lands are local to him. You get the point? He's the leader of all the places that he goes. There's no such thing as suffer for him. He is like Yaani. Yeah, no, I mean. Obviously, that means his life is ruined if that opinion, opinion is correct. No concessions ever, right? Is this the point to tell you that Shazad Saleem looks for traveling excuses? Every, every week, he did not learn from the best. He did not learn from the best. But let me tell you there's a certain guy in this room. There's a certain guy in this room that when he gets tired of fasting, We should protect the people will Allah We should protect the people yeah, Anyway So they said that um, uh, uh, And that's why Uthman He prayed four and four Because for him it's the land And that's it Now obviously this is as nonsensical as it gets If we're being critical Because the Prophet ﷺ yeah, I mean, What was he then? He was the leader of leaders of all the leaders I And mean, living in Medina Comes to Mina for a few days only, right? Goes to Arafah for one day only, as traveller as it gets, as leader as it gets, and prays as a traveller, and you're coming with this story for Uthman. So obviously, it's an interesting angle what they're taking, but it's a nonsense argument. It's as weak as it gets. It's as weak as it gets. Anyway, uh, so Sheikh says that, um, therefore, uh, we should say that this idea that the Imam has got to be someone who's resident, before he gives a khutbah is a weak position. It's a weak position. The evidence does not stack up. Bala Sahih and Nagiral Imam al A'dam Aidon Yasikhan Imam al Jummah. Doesn't matter whether There is the leader, doesn't matter whatever. This wandering speaker, traveling speaker from abroad, they are able to offer the Jumma'ah and pray the Jumma'ah and be an imam for the Jumma'ah, no problem at all because there's no evidence against it. Alright, now we go to uh وحرن. وحاضر ومقيم، right? So the Hurr is a free man, okay, free person, and obviously all of these are referring to men. Why? Because it's the congregation which we're talking about, yeah. So uh, the, the according to the Hanbalis, and when I say according to the Hanbalis, I mean the Madhab position. That doesn't mean that there are dissenting opinions in the Hanbali school. There are, okay. But according to the Hanbali Madhab, and we're going to teach that first and I'll give you my, my, my opinion at the end, okay? And Allah knows best. The, the, the free one overtakes the slave one. And that's because of honour and respect and also then they start adding reasons like he doesn't have to take permission whereas the slave needs to take permission. That's a practical point, by the way. That is a practical truth. The slave can't just kind of get up and say, right, to his master, I need to lead the prayer. He, he has to get permission first And anyone who's restricted in these kind of ma- in ways How can we then say that He should, you know, lead the uh, 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 prayer Okay, especially at different times And so on, uh, whatever And how can it be that A uh, person who is free who offer, That's, uh, you know, free uh, Freeman Have we not found a better word than Freeman? No? Okay, well, Freeman, whatever um, is, is, more, is a higher status Is a higher class, higher status So how can a person who's of lower status Lead the higher status That's actually the position of the Hanbali school The hadhr here is interesting referring to the city dweller The simple idea that the guy in the city knows More than the villager, than the pendu basically More than the badawi, more than the nomad and that's because they just don't get interaction. They don't get to see teachers. They live by themselves. And that's got a very strong basis, actually. But we'll assess them individually afterwards, right? Let's just discuss what they're what talking about. For their evidences, uh, the, 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 the Hanabila say that in general, villagers are foolish, simple, ignorant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, for example, Surah At-Tawbah. الأعراب أشد كفرًا ونفاقًا وأجدر أن لا يعلموا حدود ما أنزل الله على رسوله verse ninety seven الأعراب يعني uh, the 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 الأعراب uh, um, the tribal kind of what say shal Arab Bedouins yeah like Bedouins يعني, the tribe desert kind of dwellers yeah Arab. Uh, are more intense or more yeah يعني in their كفر and their نفاق and they are more likely not to know the limits that have been sent down by Allah to his messenger Meaning they're the ones that are going to cause problems So already there are statements being made that the, the rural folks and the simple folks They are a problem And they are more harsh and they're more ignorant And we see that all through the seerah There's no doubt about that In the sunnah, come up to the Prophet salam, Shout at him, or you, what, you know, grab him All this kind of stuff Unlike people of civilized people So th- this is a shout actually out to civilized people Yeah, so yeah, so also the ayah doesn't say badawi either. So it's not about it's not about desert dweller per se. What's being focused on is the lack of knowledge. People that have a generic reason to not have knowledge. So what, what is the translation of the, of the Arab? Al Arab are Yani linguistically Arab are those Arab tribes mm-hmm. that are uh, um Not in communication with other people They stay out They were out the way to themselves They are They're not nomads They're not nomads Right But obviously Relatively speaking to civilised people In city houses and city places They are nomadic Right But they're not nomadic In that they all move around But they're so rural They're so out the way Like if you think of All of the fiqh that we have Right It's based upon understanding these concepts Like you know The hadith which prohibits Um uh, the middleman in uh, in uh, in transactions, right? A middleman that gets in the way. A lot of people don't understand this ruling because the only word that we have in our modern day kind of uh, you know financial transactions is middleman. However, the hadith states the person who lives in the city knows what they will pay in the city. Knows what the uh, rural folks, the Arab and the Bedouins and the whatever have got In terms of their animals and their raw goods and their plantation, vegetation all the rest of it And they know that they don't know what the price is in the city And so they go out to meet the villagers And they offer them a price Which they look at this price The villagers, I'm, I'm saying villagers but find the right word man, whatever Okay and, um, and those folks just say, oh right, is that how much, uh, 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 is that all that they're paying? Yeah? Exactly the opposite of fair trade is what I'm talking about Yeah, And they do them over locally And then they go back to the city and sell them at the city rates And they're making a killing Now that's what happened back then Now when you try to translate that hadith and that prohibition in today's market The only word that we can use is middleman What other word are you going to use? That does exactly that But in actual fact Now that's why obviously Number one when you study Any deen or fiqh let alone mu'amalat, You need to understand actually The history and the context of everything back then Distance, people, society, mindset And then secondly you need to actually understand Whether it's a proper analogy or not So the two things to realise here is that A. What was happening over there They were so simple over there that they didn't even know they were getting done over that's the key because they're so simple they don't even know who buys some faraway land and okay so you know you're coming here saving on all the transport and all the rest of it I'll give it to you, I've got no idea what they're charging Okay, maybe not even knowing that the guy's making any money or anything significant that's what was happening back there that's how far removed they are it wasn't whether they're villager or nomadic whatever it's just general not having the interaction So that's the hadith. As for today, the difference with middlemen today is that the market allows you to go directly to source if you want. Most people don't because of a number of reasons. One, the hassle. Number two, risk. There's a greater risk in buying direct without the added customer guarantees, whatever, whatnot. Three, availability, for example. Availability is a big thing. Like if you go and try to buy a flight, for example. Yeah? So, you know, for example, in these Umrah groups. If you go and try to buy a flight individually yourself, and then you look at the, the, the package price that's being offered by an Umrah, and you're thinking, how the hell is that price possible when the, when the ticket's costing 1500 quid? Well, the reason it, that the package is not is uh, 1600 quid, for example, and the ticket's 1500 quid is because they bought all those tickets from source, from Turkish, from Royal Jordanian, from whatever, soon it was released they become secondary sellers either themselves of those tickets or they keep it for themselves, right? And you are allowed to go direct to Turkish, for example, and they'll say, yeah, this is how much it costs. So the difference in our current market, but then, then you look this yourself and say, well, you know what? I think I will buy from the agent. And the agent says, ah, oh, but I'm not selling you flights. I want you to buy the whole package as well. So he makes his profit. You get what I'm saying? So the difference here is that no one's cheating anybody, it's happening with the permission of all parties. Likewise, the key is that Turkish Airlines is allowed to sell direct to the customer, and they decide not to. Yeah, And they've got a very, obviously, complex business plan about how they do sell direct. You've seen what kind of bakwasa it is, right? You search on your computer, one flight, and then that's what? asked Shizad Salim, whose whole life is, is like that He enters it into the, the uh, search engine And then the next time he tries to buy the flight It's 200 quid more And Shizad Salim's tried everything He's tried VPN, changing browser New, whatever, whatnot. what not what, 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 what worked? To one computer and then another computer. This is the kind of stuff Shizad Salim does, by the way all right, When he's buying tickets Yes? I do that you do that as well, huh? Mazzita, don't, don't validate him Okay, we don't need, he doesn't need this validation, especially from you, otherwise, then I'm gonna have big problems. But, 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 so, so the point here is what? They have a system where, even selling to the customer directly, they're happy to only give 10% direct to the customer, 10% of the ticket allocation. They give 90% to the agents who buy blocks, right? And then they sell another 20% throughout obviously they oversell 120% of availability right and then you know what happens they they get a high charge from the original people the 10% that they're offering they will give like the best price for like 0.1% of those people and then they the algorithms increase the prices so they get good money and they oversell the tickets because they know some people are not going to come and then when you are that person who's come too late and now the planes full they are happy to offer you a grand What's that? A grand, two grand uh, hotel flight, take the option to fly tomorrow they give it to you with a, a big smile And you're there thinking, oh man, i got such a great deal They're like, you dumb Paki <laughs> We just made 50 grand over overselling those tickets Man, we'll happily give you one grand that you're the one uh, guy who actually came that is over So they've got systems So, th- so uh, that's why it's important to understand when it comes to the fiqh of transactions Number one, you've got to understand the asal properly Secondly, you've got to understand whether the prohibition is, is based upon the same analogous points What we say, qiyas ma' al-fariq Or the qiyas that you're doing, is there a difference in the, in the, the set points or, uh, 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 or not? Anyway, anyway So, yeah what, what, uh, uh, Bilal, what's the uh, translation that they've put I don't have access to a translation But if you do Then w- what they're saying for Surah Tawbah verse uh, 97 uh, Put Quran.com please And uh, give me Mustafa Khattabs And uh, give me um, Sahih International I like that And uh, what does uh, Professor Abdul Halim translate Arabas, So that we can get a good uh, Whether it's Bilal or anybody who's, uh, who's there um, Anyway uh, 97 If you're doing Quran, Quran.com Then you can choose the translators and do a comparison Okay L- Listen to Jodhri okay Listen to Jodhri that's what I'll say online Right um, The Muqeem Why is the Muqeem being preferred over the Musafir? They said because the Muqeem When he prays uh, uh, full prayer And the majority of the people are praying full prayer then they get you know, what they wanted Which is a complete prayer Whereas the Musaqir is only praying two right? Then they feel that they got cheated out of two units We didn't get the full picture You get what I'm saying? So they said that Number one, they're getting cheated Number two, they don't like the idea And I want you to bear with this That a large number of people stand up after the salam of the, the, the Imam that does two You get that point, yeah? Like it's okay like with a. But if it's like half the masjid all stand up In a mosque that doesn't do that Where they don't all come late And they all stand up because they need to pray another two raka It's a big mess kind of thing You know what I mean? And they said, we don't like that So that's their thinking behind that point Yes, Shaz. Uh, nomadic, nomadic Arabs, is, uh, nomadic Arabs. The the Yeah Yep. Sahih International is Bedouins, bro Not, not, Not what you just said So, but you get my point That it's not nomads to the full thing Even nomadic around Medina Is indicating that they're kind of just You know, they're not nomads I mean, you can't have nomads around Medina Nomads by definition are gone, aren't they? And anyway, it doesn't matter. I think everyone's understood the point. That's a, a thingy. Right, and then... Desert Arabs, Desert Arabs yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all good, right? Now, what's the class position when it comes to these three? None of the evidences support that. Whoever is more deserving of them is the one who leads the prayer. The hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that we covered last week um, are... The ones we, we stick to The one who has more, more qualification Is the one who leads the prayer Right? If they are equal If they are equal If they're not equal That's something else Right? I mean like If there's uh, two people Who are on equal levels Right? Uh, 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 then you start you start judging I mean obviously The one who is more qualified Gets, gets in straight If they're on equal levels Then it can be argued Alright, you know what? You don't know Quran I don't know Quran At least you're At least you're a resident Or at least you're a free man Or at least Then, okay But, I mean When we said equal We mean you go through All of the six, seven categories Of what we mentioned before They're equal in their Quran Equal in their knowledge Equal in their hijrah Equal in their Islam Equal in their age Which is very, very rare So then If it came down to it That they're absolutely equal Then we'll put the free guy Over the slave Then we'll put the hadir Over the badawi or the A'rabi, or then we'll put the traveler over the, the and Basir the same, the sighted one. And they argued because the sighted one sees uh, najasa, and therefore he's more careful. The sighted one will see a problem in the prayer, and therefore you know uh, he'll be able to avoid it, etc. Like common sense practical points. I respond again to the same point no evidence for that. If the sighted can't see things, Allah has uh, pardoned him. If the person can't see things, Then Allah has allowed him pardon on that point as well If he is more knowledgeable about the Quran He's the better of the Muslims of the two He leads It's only if they are all absolutely equal in everything Yeah, then we say Alright, we can't separate between you At least you got eyes and you're blind You get behind and you lead That's literally the only kind of example that we can uh, give Now makhtoon becomes interesting The uncircumcised Now There are different, uh, uh, so first of all, circumcision is the removal of excess skin. It's actually excess. The foreskin is, the nature of it is that if it's not removed, you've literally created a a home for infection. And there's enough, you know, proof to show that. Infection control has uh, proven that. And there are less, Less infections among circumcised men Certainly of the genital area Than there are of non-circumcised men And so the argument here Is not the Sunnah followers versus non-Sunnah followers But the one who is actually got Najasa In a place where they have the ability to clean it Now it's possible for anybody Due to folds in their skin of their body Highly obese, highly overweight Non-circumcised, circumcised bad way yeah? Like, don't get me started on circumcision And, you know, all the Muslim doctors Know do what they're doing Yeah? Well, not all of them But, you know Lots of them Using this bell and ring baguas, yeah? Back in the day Get the old scalpel in Clean job But, you know, that's a headache It's obviously scalpel work It's all kinds of, you know, whatever And you've got to have somebody else and You know, it's, it, it requires some skill Then these guys, yeah, Paki's heard about This ring baguas, yeah? You just basically stick it on, screw it and unscrew it, duck and it just comes off It's an easy way of doing it Then and they just got those boys in, charging the same amount of money And it doesn't cut the same Don't get a clean result And with my dearest respects to all those any Muslim circumcision clinics And they're absolutely milking it And the Jews refuse to engage with this ring bell What's it called? Ring? Bell? What's it called? The ring, the ring thing or whatever Bakwasi is Those Jews If you can hunt them down They don't mess about don't say that. <laughs> Hunt them. I don't know Hunt Okay Alright Find them Yeah They Legit They said Haram to use that That room. Bakwasi And you've got to be done With a proper knife Proper behaviour You get clean result You'll have no regrets later You'll have no issues No you we'll have to do it again Foreskin This that Blah 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 Just take my advice If you find In your locality, because the Jews themselves now they're kind of like uh, not down for that behavior. Anyway, uh, nomadic Arabs, Bedouins, and desert Arabs. Those are the three that we basically uh, think. Plasterbell, that's what it's called. Plasterbell. Yeah, it's rubbish, man. Just take my advice. If you've got a boy that needs circumcision, pay the extra money, get it done with a, a proper knife or a scalpel. Yeah? Yeah. All right. so Now this Theoretically Is a good point If a person Is not getting circumcised And uh, uh, They Had the opportunity To get circumcised And they're not doing it And there is Avoidable najasa That they're not cleaning Then this guy Actually It's not an issue Of that he shouldn't Lead the prayer His prayer is not valid In the first place So this is like An exception to this list You know what I'm trying to say Right It's not that Non-circumcised and, uh, is, is less than circumcised It's A person that has the ability to and refusing not to, whilst being able to clean, but not cleaning the najasa, whereas another person who's non-circumcised, new Muslim, for example, not someone who uh, who keeps himself clean, right? Because presence of foreskin does not mean najasa; it means extra cleaning. So a person can clean themselves, right? So actually, even this point we disagree. The person who should lead the prayer is not the one that circumcised, not circumcised, as long as he's keeping himself clean. It's the one who knows the most Quran, the most knowledge, etc., etc. And if we finally got to it, yeah, then we'll, then we'll say, right, what's happening down there, basically? <laughs> uh, no, shut up. Shut up. It just goes that in Urtrul, that's what happened. Oh, is that what he said to him? Prove your Islam Allah let have a look down there? No! It was, was completely... Right? And then he said, right, you've got to do the thing... The oh, way. right, have and the chop. You like, what, you're having a joke and then... <laughs> you do remember that, no? No. Shaz, uh, you're yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say that, yet. Maybe that was in his mind then. We have no idea what you're watching, to be honest, Shaz. We're not going to lie. Right. Um, so Ras They're using lasers to cut That That that. I don't like the sound of To be honest I bet the Jews don't Allow no flipping laser I'm going with Whatever the Jews are going with I'm telling you now There used to be The top In Manchester Top uh, Jewish doctors His name was Dr. Hibbert In uh, Cheatham Hillside yeah, Is it still there? He's still, still there? Say yeah, How up, yeah. much you How much you charging? 160, but I brought him home. Uh, 160 and he came to your house? Yeah. Bro, that's a flipping bargain, bro. <laughs> bargain. Bloody bargain, 160, you sure? Yeah, no. In the bro, they're flipping up these packies on, of the road charge 160 for that ring ringback was? <laughs> anyway, Hibbert, I think, by the way, that could be his son, because the Hibbert... Oh, no, 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 yeah, it's his... Uh, oh, the son. Yeah. I'm talking about the dad, Yara. Yeah. Dad was legit Yanni Jew, I'm telling you, proper. No messing about, thing you all that behavior. You have to go down to his place, whatever, whatnot. Kras, kras, kruz. Oof. Yes. All right. um, so the, the the point here is that one guy has got basically bare minimum covering the aura And so by that we're talking a towel around his waist and something covering his shoulders. Right? So he's bare chested, he's bare legged, but he's literally got yeah, just the middle part covered, bare minimum, versus a guy who's got the full body covered. That's the discussion here. All right? So the short one, sorry, the less closed one should not lead. I mean, frankly, in today's, uh, I think, a guy who's wearing a thobe versus a guy who is in three quarters in a t shirt. That's basically what we're talking about. Now, you know, in a masjid, that's not going to go down well if we put the guy in the, in the shirt forward where was I recently? Dubai not recently a couple of months back wearing the t-shirt and the three quarters wouldn't well, let me go into the masjid Kasem. they said go to that room over there and they made me put on that oh, Malaysian yani sarong behaviour I was like "Ras!" and it was like it wasn't even like beach thing like my three quarters are like about a foot underneath my knee as well like the long style, yani three quarters He goes, no, you're not coming into the mosque like that, bro So I had to go and put on the lungi, Longi Yani. Lungi. Sorong lungi. style So, imagine that guy leading the prayer So, no, they're not down for that That's the humbly position What's our position? No, we, we don't care if he's wearing T-shirt, this, that, whatever If he's the Hafiz of the Qur'an If he's the most knowledgeable of the Qur'an If he's the older If he's... Again, okay I'm happy with this If we've come all the way down In the equal, 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 equal Then I'm going to put the guy in the thaw Forward over the guy in the t-shirt, frankly Yeah? I'm okay with that all Right? Um, right So that's, uh, uh, that's that Alright, then وَلَا تَسِحْهُ خَلْفَ فَاسِقُ That the prayer is invalid How did I uh, translate? Yeah, whatever It's invalid behind a fasiq. And I've tra- translated evil dua, like the kafir That's what the text says Kal kafir," Which is very interesting actually uh, as a legal statement because a fasiq by definition is not a kafir What's a fasiq? Fasiq is a person who does fisk but like seriously and properly and permanently So let me explain this Right? Because I don't think we've covered fisk before in LP So fisk is evil Fisk linguistic, linguistically, fasaqa. Fasaqa, fisk is, you know, when the uh, 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 seed or whatever sprouts. Yeah? So when it sprouts, its shell bursts, right? And the shell gets discarded. Whatever it is, whether it's a, uh, a, a, a bud or whether it's a seed or whatever it is. And as soon as it discards the shell, it can't contain it anymore and it comes out, this is fisk. That's linguistic. Its technical application to the linguistic is clear. It ha- goes beyond its boundaries. It goes beyond its limits. So the Fisq goes beyond and bursts through the limits that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has placed for moral behaviour, for ethical Islamic behaviour. Breaks the law. This person is a wicked person. An evil person, he's breaking the uh the boundaries. Does that makes sense now. Now you know why a fasik is called a fasik, right? He doesn't care about the limits, he's got no limits, he does what he wants. Yeah. Technically, so that's the anni filloga al-Kharij. But khudbin called him uh fasakatit Thamara and that the truth came out of its uh, shell or whatever, i.e. It exited. فَمَنْ خَرَجَ عَنْ اللَّهِ كَبِيرَةٍ دُونَ الْكُفَرِ أو Technically speaking what's فَاسِق or فِسْق A person who leaves the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala By performing the, the major evil actions The major sins Like riba, like ghiba, like uh, murder Like you know the major sins Or continuously doing the minor sins Continuously doing the minus sins, And that's why it's important for you to know the difference As I've spoken about a number of times in various classes Between a person who does fisk and who is a fasiq And a person who does kufr and who is a kafir A kafir is a permanent state A fasiq is a permanent state the, The best example is football Someone who plays football every week And someone who's a football player One's a permanent state, the other one does it occasionally uh, You can say uh, He can call himself football player You can think of it, But he's not a football player That's a You know Recognised Accepted Position Whereas someone who plays football Yeah okay we understand that That's the same with kufr and Kafir Except that obviously The stakes are higher So we want to be careful That we don't apply A permanent state upon people Now obviously This is important We are more lenient When it comes to Things like Fisk Because What's the Consequences of getting it wrong Okay we called the guy Big time sinner As opposed to sinner It's not like The end of the world But in Kufar That's a major Difference Between a person Who doesn't act of Kufar Maybe by mistake Maybe because he was forced Maybe because he was ignorant Maybe because He was an idiot and, and, and you know He knew what he was doing And he couldn't resist But he is a believer In every other way And a Kafir Which as I said As I was teaching on the weekend There's a difference. uh, 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 Kufr and a kafir is an active verb, an active reality, not a passive rejection, right? It's not someone who disbelieves. You know, we call we we say we we translate in in English the kafir as a disbeliever. Now, maybe in some kind of way that's possible, yeah. uh, 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 But if there was an English word that shows active rejection, that's the one that we would be preferring over the word disbeliever. What I'm trying to say is that in English. When you say the word disbeliever, it feels a bit soft It feels a bit passive I want to feel active rejection Meaning they know what they're upon They've rejected what is being offered Openly and knowingly That just gives it a little bit more Kind of uh, understanding Anyway Our point that we need to discuss is How on earth is the author Associating Farsiq with kafir He's saying that the prayer is invalidated Praying behind a sinner That's what he just said The humbly position Like praying behind the kafir There's two shocking statements there being made there One that the prayers Invalid behind a guy That's a sin Sinning He's going to list them now Which is going to be fun Right Secondly He's saying that The fasiq is like the kafir When I say he I'm talking about our author The humbly madhab Right And this is one of the positions In humbly school Uh, One of the evidences of course That they will use Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Does use the word fasiq to mean kafir. Allah says uh, فَفْرَقْ وَبَيْنَ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ In Surah Al-Ma'idah 25 uh, In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Speaking about the, the believers And uh, uh, heaven and hell And making a distance between those who are in the hellfire So uh, 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 Differentiate between us and the fire From the fire of us and the And the evil doers And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says إِلَّا مِنَ الْجِنِ فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ As for other than Iblis He used to be from the jinn فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ He did fisk When it came to the command of his lord Right? And of course Iblis is the king of all the kuffar He is the kafir of all kafirs Right? Why did Allah describe him as a fasiq? Because fasiq means kafir in this ayah And in the previous one for example And also and as for those people who did fisk, then their home is the fire. And so therefore, these ayat would indicate that the fasiq is the one who is in uh, uh, who is in the fire in a kufr kind of form. Now, the problem here, so Sheikh Uthameen now obviously criticizing this opinion. He's saying, Well, from the apparent wording of our Author, Rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy upon him Is that it is invalid to pray behind the fasiq, And it's in, regardless of you know, whatever the situation is You can't pray behind the fasiq. He's saying that, and if there were two Farsiqs That were together, <laughs> it's like a joke yeah? and Two fasiks walk into a masjid, that's what he says yeah. We should just add three, we should say The three Farsiqs that walk into a masjid Anyway, he goes, three Farsiqs walk into a masjid and there are three. There are two uh, 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 pharsacs who do the riba of the people. So that's their sin, yeah. So they riba about the people, speaking about the people, right? And the prayer time comes. N- neither he can lead him, and he can neither he can lead him. That's the legal consequence of this point. So they must pray by themselves. So they must pray individually by themselves. Okay. Then he goes The same if there are two people who are smoking You can't pray behind the guy who's smoking The same behind the guy who shaves You can't pray behind the guy who shaves You can't pray behind And he just mentioned some of these uh, 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 things Obviously this is based upon the opinion That uh, smoking is haram as opposed to makroo Which of course is quite a dominant held opinion amongst many scholars Yeah. As for shaving, there's no doubt about that That's a major sin and, uh, and there's no doubt about of course Slander being a major sin The question that needs to be asked here Is as Sheikh Amin says The second position on this matter is Actually there's no problem behind The validity wise I mean Problem yeah But validity wise your prayer is completely valid Praying behind the Farsiq And that's because uh, Of two evidences One narrated and one Aqli Amma al-Athari then the Prophet ﷺ said, "That let uh, let the one who is most knowledgeable of you in the Book of Allah, the, the most versed in the Book of Allah, lead you." Didn't make an exception for the level of sin. This is about the quality of the of the of the leading in the in the Book of Allah. Um, and the Prophet ﷺ specifically sp- spoke about those people who are evil, who are sinners. And what happens if they are in authority over you? We have a number of hadith about this, right? These come under political, the political aspects of Islam. So, uh, a lot, uh, uh, so, the companions actually, for you know, they had the kind of foresight to know that after the Prophet ﷺ would pass, there would be situations where you know people are going to be in authority over us, and you know, and the Prophet ﷺ, uh, and uh, uh, one of the ways of these people was that they would be delayed the prayer. They would delay the prayer, because they're not scholars, they're not practicing. They're just doing the prayer for the sake of the show to keep in power. They just want the people on their side. Imagine it like that, the leaders. So they delay the prayer and pray whenever they want, however they want. And what did the Prophet ﷺ say to them? He said, nafila." The most important part here is unity. The most important part here is to obey. The disobedient ruler, evil ruler, dog ruler, unjust ruler, because we've spoken before about this many times, that that this idea that you go into revolution or a coup just because he's not fair or he's not nice or he kills people, whatever. Bro, that's the nature of leaders. That the nature of tyrants and dictators is the way of life. And only if you have a complete consensus of the entire nation and the coup will be bloodless and guaranteed and there will be absolutely no lives lost, that's like the only active scenario that you could entertain in changing leadership. Otherwise, anything other than that guaranteed certainty, you are not allowed to revolt. You're not allowed to, because of what happens, and history has shown that how many times. Now obviously, the exception to that, I'll just add it now, uh, is if the, he's already declared war on you. A lot of people ask this question, i.e. the Assyrian scenario. The Syrian mm-hmm. situation is, is an exception. The red line had been crossed. Because the, uh, the ruler had basically, you know, he's massacring his own flipping people So, of course, it's allowed to defend yourself and your family And that jihad is a real one against that ruler But otherwise, looking for it And the uh, Arab Spring and all this kind of equality, This is something which, uh, of course, I'm not speaking about those countries That don't pretend even to be ruling by Islam And call themselves a democracy And allow the, the masses to protest, uh, civil unrest As part of the constitution, that's something else They've accepted no Islam in the first place, so then that's, some, that's a different argument. But we're talking about countries that pretend to do Islam in one way or the other, and you're in that situation, then you've got to go along with the, with the, with the game. Anyway, what did the Prophet ﷺ say about them? They are the worst of people. They are leading that main prayer, and the Prophet ﷺ said, You pray the prayer on time, and then when you're with them or you need to be seen with them, then you pray with them, and it will be a nafil for you. It will be a nafal for you Do you understand the point? You can't be in that situation Where you um, look like you're trying to boycott The imam and create instability This hadith in Sahih Muslim And there are many hadith like this by the way People will be kind of you know uh, and, and another hadith in, in, Bukhari. in Bukhari This hadith in Sahih Muslim Number 238 A hadith in uh, uh, a hadith in Bukhari uh, 694 The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Said, يُصَلُونَ لَكُمْ فَإِنْ أَصَابُوا فَلَكُمْ وَإِنْ أَخْطَأُوا فَلَكُمْ وَعَلَيْهِمْ Look at this hadith. If you're in a difficult situation politically, right, where you're being forced to pray late or in a problematic or or what seems to be an invalid situation and you can't get off and you can't escape because it's the ruler and that's the whole point. He's specifically looking for you to see whether you pray or not. Then you pray. Shuf, right? They will, they will establish the prayer. You'll be part of it. If they got it right, meaning the prayer was valid, then you got the, the result. If they messed it up, then that's on them and you are okay. That's on them and you're okay. They're going to be held accountable for it, for all of their zulam or their jahl or their ex the way. Now, these are the people who are the worst of people. Now, of course, Abdullah ibn Umar, عنه, as Sheikh Amin mentions, he famously prayed behind Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, who was the greatest of the Fujjar, of the Fasiqeen, killed Sahaba, yani, you know, next level criminal. And Abdullah ibn Umar is no joke. Yani, the way that he follows the Sunnah is crazy levels. And so he would be very careful about who he prayed behind. Actually, many of the Sahaba prayed behind Marwan ibn Hakam. And when Marwan, of course, yani, again, from those, you yani, Dynasties of dictators and tyrants These are evil people And actually the uh, And then Sheikh Uttameen says That's the athar That's the evidences From a textual point of view As for aqli Hold on Let's ask the Hanabila Or anybody that's making this claim Is their prayer valid by the way These evil people The smoker The, the one who kills someone The one who does riba Is he does his, Is his prayer valid? Yeah. Is he Muslim? And the answer is yes of course uh, You've got to say that he's a kafir Basically so if he's not a kafir and his prayer is valid Then what evidence do you have To excommunicate him from leading the prayer now, Obviously he's not a first choice guy But again we're talking about If we come all the way down the line And then we've got nobody else except you know, The clean shaven guy right? Then go ahead and lead the prayer You get the point? yeah? So that's the, certainly the class position And actually it's the position of the majority of scholars Frankly right? It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the position of the majority of scholars Let's take a pause there I think because we've gone past the hour and let's just take some uh, let's take some questions yeah shaving fully as opposed to grooming parts of the beard with a razor yeah, and when I say I, I, don't, I don't mean you know, tidying the beard or whatever I'm talking about completely removing the beard yeah, completely removing the beard or removing the dominant parts of the beard which is this jawbone here you know, you get some people that they, they leave this part here and then they they cut it, they cut this part, whatever that's called, so they shave all of this completely clean, and they might leave, leave something here or not. The, 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 uh, the liha, this jawbone, that has to have hair on it, yeah? for, for, for uh, that's why it's called a lihya because of this uh, jawbone. Um, yeah, denier, transgressor, yeah. Right. What questions do we have, guys? These, yeah, these. Uh, uh, like Freeman and all yeah, re- yeah. Is it really, that Yeah He's not providing any evidences Yeah they're bit all bit? They're all like kind of Theoretical kind of uh, evidences And that's why That's why the majority of the scholars Actually Madahib as well They, they don't uh, take them too seriously And if they do Only if there's nothing to separate them Now If you're going to put that as a precondition That only if there's nothing separated them, then there are, then there are many crazy things that we'll put in. Do you know what I mean? And that's why you get the whole guy's got the longest beard. And even there's some uh, something else crazy that they used to say that, you know, that the Hanafis have as one of their yeah, any criterion. No, something yeah, any else. But you know, We don't wanna we don't wanna go there, yeah, and There's some kids in the room. Ya All right. What else? Did the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ever lead the Jumu'ah in Mecca? Did he Sallallahu ever lead the Jumu'ah in Mecca? I, I, I can't remember an active hadith Meaning I can't think of an evidence which positively proves it But, but, but uh, passively there's no doubt Passively the Prophet Sallallahu would have been there For someone to lead for the length of time in Mecca Yes the other time he was, uh, he wasn't. Correct But in, uh, the Hajj is not uh, uh, <laughs> It's not the business class Hajj Of going in for five days yeah. It's impossible to think That over the weeks That the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca That the Jum'ah was established And he didn't lead it so we don't have any. As I said I, I, I don't know of an evidence That positively proves it But passively yeah, it's difficult to assume that he didn't yep yeah. yeah well i told you that that doesn't need to be proven because the prophet led in minna as a musafir yeah which is the biggest khutbah that is possible far more bigger than the juma khutbah uh, there is an al-maghrib class that starts tomorrow which is a free class on hypocrisy i didn't know that actually so go to almaghrib.org Folks, For that That's what Solange is telling us Um, Thana is saying Question in leading the Salah Where we are all supposed to be equal Why is someone of more status Given preference to lead the Salah But that's the whole point We've proven that you don't Right We said that that was a position Being argued by some scholars And we said our class position is that Status doesn't matter I mean There's a lot more that I can say I mean I, I speak often Well Not to you guys But when I take folks to Umrah we go to um, uh, just marvel um, at Salim Mawla Abi Hudaifah, right? The, uh, uh, the freed slave of Abu Hudayfa, an, and he was the Imam of Masjid Al-Quba. And as the Imam of Masjid Al-Quba, as the one who leads that, uh, those uh, uh, companions, we're talking Abu Bakr, Umar, uh, Mu'adi bin Jabal, the greats. And he leaves them as a slave and a freed slave. Right? So there's plenty of evidence to prove that that's not something which is, you know, legally there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the question by Juwariya is that um, Uthman's action that he did When he combined uh, Dhuhr and Asr And he was criticised for that wh- What about those people Who follow him in that um, In that position It is completely acceptable No doubt about that Any person who follows The Hanafi school And was therefore To follow that position Based upon the, the Ishtihad of Uthman Then that is something Which is acceptable This is an area of fiqh and they're following their their, their madhab because they don't have the confidence or they don't even have the desire to leave their school on any issue, maintaining their discipline, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, but just so that you know, um, the, the theory that he was justified in doing that for this reason that I mentioned is not actually the one that's mentioned behind it. Right? Um, and there's a big debate actually why on earth would he do that? I mean, there are more obvious reasons that he would... He didn't know, for example, that the Prophet ﷺ, um, uh, shortened, right? And that's the most obvious answer. Uthman, radiallahu an, you know, he was not always around as much as you may think, right? So it's quite a possibility that he didn't hear the hadith, and when the other companions are telling him, he decides not to take their word for it, which doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't believe in a single. Narration authentic from a companion But when a person believes Their own position Right And I'll be honest with you It's very uh, Normal to accept this position Because when we go to Mina Right Look at what happens in Hajj today When we're in Mina The people are a bit surprised That we're praying Qasr Right Even, in, even right now When I go and take folks to Medina and Mecca And they ask what we're doing What are we They don't really realise that because they're all praying their prayers behind the Imam, right? So they're all praying like fours and, you know, all the fours, yeah? Um, So they don't feel what it's like to be a traveller. No one combines because everyone's going to the masjid for each prayer, hearing the adhan, so nobody feels that side. Nobody feels the side of not praying sunnah, which is the main, one of the main concessions of travelling, why? Because people are there to pray as much as they possibly can. So actually telling people that they're travellers has zero value. Until actually they realize that it's more of a legal state as opposed to a practical benefit state, right? And that there's a big value in it because it makes a person more aware of their deen And when they're praying the prayers that they're doing, the extra They shouldn't be praying them in a way that this is the sunnah of Dhuhr But they should be like, this is uh, uh, al-nafal, al-mutlaq This is just absolute, simple, unrestricted uh, uh, nafal prayers that I'm just knocking out to pick up the thousands in Meshanabawi, uh, uh, and hundred thousands in Mecca. And it's not linked to the prayer. And that's an engagement of the deen at the intellectual level. Obviously, the, the key is what happens when they miss the jama'ah. Right, now let's see what you're going to do. Are you going to pray two or four? And now I say you can pray two. Or you some other reason. Now, the point I want to make is that when we go to Hajj, especially on like a program that, that I would do, we're there, for about 20-odd days Now I want you to think about this um, Out 20-odd days, at least 15 is in Mecca and when I say the word Mecca I mean Mecca 5-star hotels in front of the Haram Azizia Stroke, Shisha, suburbs of Mecca 5 days in Mina, general Mecca Arafah, which is also Mecca Now if we were doing this in Manchester and we spent 5 days in Cheadle, 4 days in, Ma- in Longside, 5 days in Gate. would you be considering that in between all of that you are travelling? You wouldn't You'd be, for example, saying I follow the Hambali Shafi'i, Maliki opinion of 4 days or 20 prayers anything after 20 prayers, I'm a resident or you're following the Hanafi opinion which is that it's 14 or 15 days. The the Hanafis like say that if you're going to a place and you know that you're going to be there for 10 days or 12 days, then you are a traveller all the way through. But if you know that you're going there for like 20 days, over 15 days, then you are a resident from the beginning. Whereas the other lot say, no, it's only 4 days or 20 prayers. Now, if you go to Mecca and you're doing Hajj, you are there for at least those number of days. So you've got to really like... If you normally travel and you stay in a place for a long period of time And therefore you start praying full Well that's what you naturally would do in Mecca then as well And so Osman has all the reason Especially when we don't have hadith to establish 14 or 15 or 4 days or 20 prayers That's why all of the scholars differed on who is a traveller and who is not How long do you pray traveller and how long do you not A matter of massive difference of opinion Because we don't have primary evidences from the Prophet ﷺ in fact, we have hadith from the Prophet ﷺ which would indicate the possibility of a person going to a place and traveling uh, and, and being a traveler for ten years, like some of the Sahaba did when they went out doing dawah. Ten years traveling, because they define traveling as anywhere that I don't feel like a resident. We used to have resident, we you know, uh, uh, we used to get asked by some of the Arab students that used to come in, uh, you know, when we used to live in like and they used to be around there in Rushome, Longside, and so on and so forth, and they'd be on PhD, master programs, coming for three years, four years, five years, and uh, uh, from the fiqh that some of them would use from some of their own fatwas, think about this, some of their own own scholars from their own countries that they would use, why they are shortening the prayer every single day for their entire study in Manchester is because they didn't pay the uh, council tax. You know what I'm saying? And this is a fair point. Yeah, Annie, they would basically say that if the legal authorities do not see us as full residents and they're making us and forcing us to have to renew our visa, you know, like they're making us feel foreign. You get the point? They're making us feel foreign and they give us yeah, Annie, certain concessions for not being residents, blah, 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 blah then actually these are, the, these are similar to the kind of things that the fuqaha would mention about do you feel like a traveller or not? Yeah? You know, to those scholars that, that you know, you, you might have heard me say that, you, do you have a fridge? Or are you, are, you go, are you taking a suitcase with you? You know, to help you make up your mind whether you are actually a traveller. So the, the, if you accept that the whole area is a discussion and a, and a difference of opinion, then why wouldn't Isman then say, I've been in Mecca for like 10 days, Mina's literally around the corner, I'm praying full. No, the Prophet ﷺ didn't. Listen, I feel like I'm praying full. And what if I tell you that the majority of the scholars also said that shortening the prayer is not obligatory? Right? If you're a traveler, it doesn't mean you have to shorten. It's a concession. That's the whole point. And of course, some of the you said, no, you have to because it's a gift from Allah. And when Allah gives you a gift or a charity and a concession, you must take it. Otherwise, it's being ungrateful. That's only the Hanfus who say that. The majority said, no, it's, it's a sunnah. It's a sunnah to shorten, not obligatory. So, many excuses can be made for Uthman without having to use this one that, you know, he was in authority or whatever. Yeah. So the question is about qadar, And why are things written down Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows And that's for our benefit Not for Allah's benefit It's for our benefit To show the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How much that He will forgive How much that He will let off On judgment day That we know that we have not been wronged one little bit When we see the record When we see as Allah tells us in the Quran Every single thing Illa ahsaha Everything has been encompassed So that we know exactly the deal that we're getting That we're not getting skanked It was entirely deserving of us to go down that we hope Yanni for His mercy and you realise the value of His mercy and everyone's going to blag it. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. It wasn't that bad. I mean, everyone's going to blag it that day. But then yeah, how are you going to blag it when it's all there? Alright. Um, all right. Final question then from um, Harith. When a person is praying on a chair uh, and straightening the line, should their feet be in the same line or should the chair legs or should it be on, uh, 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 of the, the chair legs? If it is the feet, then often the person behind will have difficulty in doing sujood. So you'll see me d- demonstrate this soon, but the, um, the simple answer is, is that, in my opinion, when a person is in a uh, prayer line, he's not allowed to push the chair back and keep his feet in the line of the other musalleen. Rather, the chair back legs of the chair should be in line with the musalleen and he should stand at the front. And that's the correct position. Oh, and of course it's an ishtihad matter and we can't really cause problems with people follow another opinion because the whole thing is the bid'ah. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The use of these chairs, all this these that's happening in all the mosques is a disaster. It's turning them into churches, just pews upon pews of bloody rows of chairs, right? No difference. Actually, if you go to some of the, the newer mosques uh, in, you know, uh, like Egypt and Gulf regions, They've already put rows of, of things in in the mosque. They look like churches, bro. Right? So the sooner there a person to stand. If you can't stand, sit down on the floor. That's it. Get people to help you up. Use sticks, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatnot. Church, the the, the 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 chairs really made a mess. In any case, like I said, you can't be your ignorance of wanting a chair, or even your real medical need for a chair. No problem. But why do you have to Yanni, ruin the guy behind? Yani, you go. You stand in the front, and good luck to you, bro. All right. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala knows best. khair. anything we need to say? Just not that we're not in Tudor next week. Yeah. So for those folks those traveling in, yeah, those folks traveling in, don't travel in. Don't, I think number one, number two is Thursday next week because I'll be traveling. Yeah. So Thursday, Inshallah, same time, seven fifty, same time always. Barakallah Allahumma bihamdika la illa antu astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilayk wa wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.